This is the Huey Alert Podcast with Craig and Shelley Huey, bringing you the tools to transform our nation and culture, the intersection of faith and politics. Hi, this is Craig Huey of Huey Alert, and I'm excited to tell you that we're still here at the National Religious Broadcasters, and, and we're, uh, we're looking at some of the movers and shakers who are at this convention. And I'm excited because you're going to learn about a ministry that's reaching out to the broken and hurting about Jesus Christ. And what, what they're doing is they're concentrating on um, some nations where they desperately need the gospel. I have with me Don Shank of The Tide. And The Tide is a radio ministry and much more. It's a ministry that's reaching out to the people in the Middle East, parts of Africa, India, Thailand. Don, what are you doing? <laughs> Sometimes I wonder myself <laughs> what I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing my best to be faithful to where God has called. Yes. And I, I'm thankful that he's given me this opportunity to be a part of the Tide Ministry. My wife and I served as missionaries previously, and when we came back to the U.S., didn't know what I was going to do. Right. Um, but God opened this door and it gives me an opportunity to continue to serve and to share the gospel in a in a missionary capacity where I'm not actually always overseas. So but this I'm, is something people probably don't know that's going on in these nations, uh, a ministry that leads people to Jesus Christ, yes. teaches them how to live according to a, a Christian worldview. I'm here with uh, uh, also with uh, our own uh, pastor uh, Jeffrey Reed. And Jeffrey, uh, have you heard of the tide? Well, no, but I have. I, now that I'm uh, now that I am in the know, it's kind of in preparation for this. And, and you know, to be honest, there's there's so many organizations out there. Um, but what I like about you is that you're a missionary's kid. Uh, so I, you know, I'm, I've raised four kids, and I've found that pastors' kids. Tend to they, they they tend to go the wrong way sometimes, but missionaries kids because they've seen their parents share their faith, share the gospel with people, possibly even in, under persecution, tend to follow in their parents' footsteps. Wow! And, and I, you don't see that a lot with preachers kids. Yeah. You see the opposite uh, in most cases. So so you had a passion developed early on. What yes. was what was the thing when you decided I'm going to follow my parents' footsteps? What was that trigger for you? Or was there just a, you just knew what you were going to do the whole time? I, I came to know the, Jesus as my Savior, even though I was raised in a Christian home and you know, had, in this environment of seeing my parents serving God, I, I made a commitment, a faith commitment. I conscientiously gave my life to the Lord when I was around nine years old. And I don't remember that as much as my mother does. Yeah. You know, she tells me, you know, you came home for, and, and you, from a Christian camp and you told, told us that you had given your life to Jesus. and. For some reason, I just always felt, you know, this is what I was going to do. I, I can't say there was any one defining moment. Sometime you might want to have my wife on the show and yeah. tell her because yeah. I, actually, after I came back to the U.S. and went right. to Messiah University right. and we got married, uh, I wanted to go back. And initially, I did not want to go back as a missionary. I just loved living in Africa. And I wanted to go back. I wanted to be a rancher. I yeah. wanted to have my farm. Yeah, yeah. And if, if you his, follow the history of Zimbabwe, 
you may know that yes. white farmers were being killed oh, for yes. over a period of time yeah. and I may be dead now yeah, if yeah. I'd had things my way Wow! <laughs> but God clearly called us to go there yeah. through my wife yeah. and that's that's a totally different story yeah. we don't have time for here that's a great here. story we got to cover yeah. that sometime so now with what you're doing it's my understanding that this is a radio ministry that was actually started in 1946 and right now it's broadcasting in 22 different languages Correct. in 11 different countries. Yeah. What happened, when it first started, it, it did grow regionally. Yes. And it was in the late 70s when Transworld Radio would set up transmitters. Yes. Uh -huh. And the founder, Reverend Charlie Byers, had some connections. And they invited him to put the program first on Southern Africa, where there's a lot of people who understand English. Right. Then when they went to in um, India, there's not as many people. The English is, is used there. Right. But they began to realize that people respond much better to the gospel when they hear it in the language they were born to speak. What an important principle. And that started a transition in the ministry to the point where after I'd been with the ministry for seven years, right. I finally convinced the board, you know, there is so much good Christian broadcasting yeah. here in the U.S. Yeah. Some of these places where we're going, we are the only access they have to the gospel through a radio broadcast wow. and so we now put all of our resources into working with indigenous groups to help them create or put together a program and then we'll help them get get on the air we'll buy airtime for right. them but then we also train them how to utilize that how to connect with yeah. listeners how to make disciples how to raise up leaders so in those groups so it goes beyond just something passive on, on the right. radio right. you actually mm -hmm. have it resulting activity and action right and it's very much uh, one of our driving principles that we follow is we feel very much called to focus where there's limited access and wow. I've changed terminology when we were first working through this in our vision casting as a board um, we were thinking of going where the need is greatest yes and we've turned we've changed that to saying going to where there's limited, limited access, access. So because you know right like here Afghan <laughs> yeah. Afghanistan right yeah <laughs> places like Afghanistan uh, places like Pakistan and even a lot of Asia oh, Asia in Thailand you can go the whole way across the Middle East and through Asia yeah in Thailand uh, right people really don't realize the persecution on the Christians there and the problem of the gospel going out and of course India uh, you've got radical Hindus at war with Christians and, and I don't want to get political, but you right. can't, you, you hardly can separate it because, yeah. you know, we live in a political world. Yeah. Our lives, politics determine how we live, what living conditions are like. Right. And when you have governments that endorse yes. a, re a given religion right. and oppose anything else from coming in, right. it makes it difficult. And yet people are hungry. They're hungry for truth. Okay. And what is amazing is I, I t I've taken trips with pastors right. and lay leaders over to do training. Yeah. And they come back more inspired and encouraged yeah. by what they've seen because they see people who will not compromise. They are willing wow. to stand firm. They're standing firm. firm and the, the, give me an example. Okay. What, you're on the radio, you're in all these languages, all these countries where the mm -hmm. gospel, I mean, I can't go 
in Afghanistan or Syria or any of these nations and preach the gospel. But you can. You can through the air, but does it have a result? Are people being impacted? People are being impacted. We get responses. Some are written. The number of written letters is decreasing and the number of texts and yeah. phone calls wow. and emails is increasing. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, the, the world is yeah. is becoming yeah, yeah. more um, digital right, in communication. Right. So but let me you. let me give you some yes. examples in Af- in in Afghanistan, yeah. for example, where we have had some people contact us and just you know one I remember this one one girl wrote. She said, "Every time I hear that Jesus died for my sins, I cry. I love him so much." And others that will say, you know, I always thought God was harsh and demanding. I didn't know God loved us so much. Wow. A, a unique story is we had, we, we've had uh, an adult call in as a result of that program. Right. And kind of demand, you know, I, you need to stop doing this. My children won't go to the mosque with me anymore now that they're hearing the gospel. Right, right. <laughs> that is amazing. So it's having an impact. It is, yeah. So these people actually communicate back to you that they accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Yes. We get, what we do when we work with an indigenous partner, we ask them to give us quarterly reports so that so we know accountability. a bit of a summary what's ha- what's happening yeah. in your ministry. Right. Then we ask for some statistical reports. Okay, how many people have contacted you? What's been the nature of the contact? And they'll be anywhere. They then we also ask them send us some translated samples from some of the responses you receive. Right. So all of that together, we have a pretty good idea of what's going on. Wow. And so we do have um, listeners responding. They'll say, "I put my hand on the radio when the pastor prayed at the close of program, and I asked Jesus into my heart. Now what?" And that's where that that component of being able to help train them on on how to follow up with listeners yes. how to implement a discipleship training program and in, in India we've had incredible success sending people out with a radio because uh-huh. there are remote areas yes. where people live in poverty yeah. and they don't own any kind of a media player any device so to you access give them this. a radio so they can actually listen yeah and what we do is we send someone in with as a radio steward right and they invite people to sit down and listen they it's a listening club oh so you're not giving the radios out there's somebody there some of the radios we do give out but most of them it's a trained village How worker wow. and that trained village worker then does it, and what he's trained to do in India particularly as they get some converts yes. in that listening club yeah identify who is the strongest who seems to be the the most devout and help disciple them because that person is going to get the radio and the village worker gets another radio and goes to another village so that person who is now the radio pastor there he begins to lead and grows and eventually we have an established church in that community well, that, that, that is amazing. So, Jeffrey, uh, before you ask your question, let me, let me just ask this one question here. So, we hear a lot about the persecuted church in a lot of these nations that you're in. We hear about limited access to the gospel. You found a way to bring the gospel in. Um, 
is, is are they able to stop you in any way? Are they able to interfere with you? Is there fear among those who are working with you? What's what's going on with the with those who you're working with in these uh, these countries? The the oppression that happens yes. is very real. The persecution. Yes. Uh, you know, I've met the widow of a man who was beheaded. One of our workers was beheaded in India. Right. And his widow is still devoted to Christ. Wow. She's, she's, yes. Uh, you know. um, but, for example, in our radio minister, who was our speaker in Afghanistan, right. okay, he was pastoring a church of Afghan refugees in India. Because there were so many people, the persecution was so harsh. And but now, they're even they're coming under fire because India wants to be a Hindu nation. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, So he's actually now left India. Uh Okay. So so they're being impacted. People live. You know, it's it's a whole region. Yeah. And sometimes we don't see the full impact of it on the news here. But the gospel is going out. Yeah. Are people yeah. accepting Christ in these nations? They are. I, I'll give you. I'll give you another example. Okay. Back in, I think it was in the late '90s. I don't know if you ever heard, remember hearing the story. There was an Australian missionary who was burned to death in his car by some Hindi radicals in oh. India. Yes. I don't know if you yes. ever heard. Yes. Okay. Yes. I've been back and forth to India several right. times, and I, we always ask. You know, we want to go out and we want to see how it's happening on the ground. Right. They have to be very careful where, where they'll take us. Sometimes we've had to drive seven, eight hours yeah. because they say it's not. For example, one time they said, here, if we take you out here and the Hindus start to, start to beat you, the police will just watch. Up in this other area, if the Hindus start to beat you, the police will intervene. Right. But the last time I was in India, I went to a village that was just uh, seven or eight miles from where that missionary was burned. Yes. And when we got to that village, yeah. our host said, you can get out here and you can walk freely anywhere because this entire village is now Christian Praise because they've been God. listening to the radio and through these radio wow. programs and the outreach, uh, you're free to walk around here without fear of persecution. What they for evil turned out to yeah. be good. So, there, yes, there are. Uh, there are pockets of Christianity, but there are still the persecutions going on. You can't deny it. Yeah. And you know, one of the biggest challenges we have right now is like helping to get funds into the country. So yeah. let's talk about that in a minute. Well, you know, you, you said something. I don't want to uh, paraphrase you because I like what you said. It kind of messed with me a little bit. You said we don't go, go where there's the greatest need. We, mm-hmm. what did you say? We go where there is limited access. Okay, so that messes up my matrix of ministry, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, I'll tell you why we say that is because... Well, if, if you think about it, like I, I kept going, no, that can't be right. And I was like trying to find a Bible verse and it's like there was never a directive to go where uh, it, it is the greatest need. Right. Christ just commissioned them to go into all the world. Right. And then and in, in some cases there there may be one person somewhere that needs needs it, needs mm-hmm. the Lord. And so he sends people there. So I think sometimes we we cloud mm-hmm. things up. We're like, well, there's really not a need there. But like, for example, is, in the United States, we don't need missionaries exactly. in the Bible Belt. Everybody's a believer there. And I was like, this is probably the greatest <laughs> mission field for people actually walking yeah. by faith. But and that 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 is why we changed that because we have pastors like you who are here sharing the gospel in America. We have 
ministries like you mm-hmm. reaching out. And right. so there is just a, a, a breadth, of, a, a wealth of Christian outreach here. I don't know that we're doing it as effectively here in America as we should be well, doing if it. Well, if the word doesn't get out here, it, it is on us. Mm-hmm. It, but if it yeah. doesn't go there, it, 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 it's also on us. But, yeah. <laughs> but that's a... I mean, yeah. it's it's open territory. And so you know, you know, when Jesus he didn't he didn't say pick and choose where you go. He said you know go from right here in Jerusalem into Samaria, go, go and out to the ends of the world. But I think definitely there are times when God calls someone into a specific place, and whether that's picking up and moving, uh, you know, Abraham, pack up and move, go to a promised land. Uh, or whether it is right in your neighborhood where you are. You know, I think the, the thing is we all have a responsibility to share the gospel. And what, the way we look at it as a ministry, we feel God's calling us to look where the gospel has not yet been proclaimed. Even or it's being silenced by the government. Right, or, or where, yes, where so, the so, access is being cut off. So, Don, if I'm listening to this podcast, God's putting on my heart uh, to want to see these people who haven't heard the gospel, who can't hear the gospel like we can here in the U.S., and they'd like to help get the word of God out and they don't want to go to, to Iraq they don't want to go to uh, to Afghanistan or India or Thailand but they will join you in this ministry of broadcasting the good news of Jesus Christ to these people how would they find out how to be a blessing to you in prayer and a blessing to you with donations if they go to the tide.org is the best that's the easiest most the direct tide. way the tide so t h e t h e t i d e dot o r g yes there you can get information you can sign up for a newsletter if you'd like you can give us your mailing if you prefer we, we do give printed newsletters uh, we have other activities you can engage in we have prayer guides oh. we have one online wow. and nice. we have uh, we have the, the prayer guide we mail out yeah. We have a Facebook page. We do yeah. have different, uh, but pretty much going to the tide.org will get you access. The T-H-E-T-I-D-E.org. And on the newsletter, do you have some of the stories of people who have accepted Christ? And We reserve an entire page of the newsletter yeah. for what we call it from the mailbag. Yeah. And, you know, I meet some of our supporters and they tell me, you know, I might put hours into trying to write a really nice report on what's happening in certain countries. Right. And they will just outright say, you know what, I don't read, you know, I'll come back to that later. But the first thing I do is open that newsletter and read those letters because yeah. I want to see, I want to hear the testimonies yeah. and, and read what's happening in the lives of wow. people. Exciting. Um, Jeffrey? No, I, I'm, I'm excited. I Part of me, you know, I, I know... I think I know your heart. I mean, I can't know you fully, but um, I think that believers sometimes feel like, you know, there's missionaries that go out and do that, and there's somebody else that does that, but God has called us all to be missionaries, and I don't mean that in a, in a, in a right. semantic sense. Like, we are supposed to live missionally, and, yeah, exactly. and some people choose to live missionally yeah. in other countries and, and, and other parts. So I would just encourage anybody uh, listening not only to support this, but also consider your own life and your own call and if God has called you right. perhaps to go somewhere else 
but even right where you are to be a missionary in your neighborhood and, and I got to be straight up possibly to be a missionary in your own home um, and so uh, it, you're just your phrase has just messed me up like where this is the greatest need like there's, there is everywhere is, it is. is a need there, so there's an incre- I'm going to process this the for a while the need is all over yeah. can, I, can we pray for you before we go Please do. Let's do it. Lord, thank you so much uh, for this ministry. Um, thank you for uh, what they're doing, uh, <laughs> which we will not even know until uh, we're reunited with you and with others that have been impacted. So I pray for uh, Don. I pray for the team uh, that they would continue uh, to feel empowered. You would give them unique ideas uh, like what they're doing with the consent, uh, training and discipleship and then uh, allowing their supporters to kind of track along and pray for the process. I pray that you would give them uh, specific things like uh, financial resources. I pray that you would give them uh, people resources. And we already know because you've told us that there are those in the field who are ready to be picked. We just need workers for the harvest. And so I pray that uh, those would continue to rise up. Thank you for loving us and for uh, reaching out to us, Lord, as I wish uh, more believers would do on your behalf. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. 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 Don, thank you so much. Uh, Really, we're excited about what you're doing. And I hope listeners will get a hold of the... And, and check you out and check out all that you're doing and some of those testimonials and everyone uh, appreciate you listening in so um, this message you can send this out by email post on Facebook uh, give it out to friends give it out to neighbors to family uh, let's get this word this message out introduce others to what you heard. And until next time, Lord bless you guys. Thanks for joining us this week. We are listener supported, so please consider partnering with us by donating at craighuey.com or by signing up for our free newsletter. We look forward to being with you next week. And don't forget to share this podcast with others.